We're in a series on the book of Ephesians, this manifesto of the church and its glory as it's called to be the bride of Christ. And what we saw as last week, I brought you to see the the theme from chapters 1 up to this point is that it is God's desire to fill all, that Jesus would be over all, through all, and in all, that he may be all in all, and in the earth, in the cosmos, in all things. And how is he going to achieve that? And so this morning we get to the answer to that declaration of how Jesus is planning to be over all, through all, and in all. How is it that his glory is going to invade this planet and his purpose is to be achieved? So we begin in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 6. One God, one Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Now how does that achieve, verse 7? Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. It's going to come through the channel of grace, God's goodness, God's faithfulness. Grace is favor that is given to us. It's not earned. It is a gift. And this verse tells us that this grace of God, so that he could be over all, through all, and in all, is given to some of us. All of us. Given to all of us. This grace is given to all of us. Now get this. According to the measure of Christ's gift. The gift that the Father has given us is based on the measure of Christ's gift. So how much did Jesus give to us? Jesus gave us two gallons worth of blessing. Jesus gave us a truckload of blessing. Jesus gave us ten years of good blessing. How much did Jesus give at the cross? He gave all that he is, all that he is. He gave his life. He gave all that he could through his blood in complete obedience, perfected the atoning work. He gave all. So the measure of which God gives grace to us is based on how satisfied God was with the sacrifice of his son. So let me ask you, how satisfied was the father with the sacrifice of Jesus? Completely. Jesus gave him all, fulfilled all in the fullness of time, and gave it unto the Father. The Father received it, and what the Father pours out to you is based on the perfection of Christ, not your ability, not your goodness, not your ability to to perform, but because of Christ's gift, He gives you that same measure. Come on, somebody get happy. So he is over all, through all, and in all because the grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, and he quotes the Old Testament, when he ascended on high, he led host captives and he gave gifts to men. He's referring to, as I spoke last week, of those captives that were in the place of Sheol that were righteous but could not ascend to heaven because the blood of Jesus wasn't presented to the Father yet. Jesus rose from the dead, did that, and brought those captives up into the presence of God. And by doing this, he gave gifts to those who are still in the earth and alive. Verse 9, he ascended. What does it mean that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might 
fulfill all things. There it is again. Jesus' purpose is to fill all things. That he would be over all things, through all things, in all things, filling up all things with his glory, with his love, with his majesty. Now this goes for the world. It also goes for each one of us. How many of you want to be filled up with the good riches of God, with the goodness of his grace, with his love, with his joy, with his peace, with his gentleness, with his goodness, with his faithfulness, with his mercy, with his self-control, all in me. I want that. How about you? And it's not based upon how good a boy I've been. It's not based upon my IQ. It's not based upon what I look like. It's based on what Christ did for me. Wow. Why would you stay away from Jesus? Really, the only reason most people stay away from Jesus is because of what they see in the church. Oops. So we got to do a better job, don't you think? Now, how is he going to fill all things? How is he going to accomplish this? He's going to accomplish it by the graces or the gifts that he gave as he ascended. That was his plan. He's got a really good plan. You got to hear it. And so his plan is that through his grace, the Greek word for grace is charis, and it's the same word that is the root word for the gifts. You've heard of charismata, charismatics. Those who believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the graces of God's Spirit. Those graces are freely given so that he may flow over all, through all, and in all things, especially us. And so here is the solution on how he might fill all things. It says this, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. That's the fivefold graces he's given as he ascended into heaven. He gave these fivefold gifts into the church body so that we, the body of Jesus, would manifest the very fivefold nature of Jesus himself in the earth. The way he can fill and be over all things, through all things, and in all things is to fill his body with his nature. We're the body of Christ. Now, we say Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand, and he is the head, but he left a body behind. The tomb's empty. This body's alive. Guess who the body of Christ is? Us. We're his body. And he's going to fill this earth with his glory through his body, his presence. Jesus' presence is still in the earth. And it's in the earth through the body of Christ, his church. And the fivefold stature of who he is and his ministry he put into us, his church. That's the fivefold DNA of Jesus. He gave gifts. To men, and these gifts are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. Now, I'm going to call the the pastor gift shepherd, okay? Because we're so tainted with the idea of a pastor, we think that that this fivefold gift of pastor is a paid professional position. You know, so that's our mindset. So you're like, well, I don't have that gift because I'm not paid, and, and I don't have a church congregation. But when you put it in the correct term of a shepherd, many of you shepherd people's lives. And you have a shepherd gifting. 
So I'm going to use the term shepherding because many of us can relate to caring for the well-being of others as opposed to being a pastor and immediately your mind goes to, yeah, well, they dress that way, they stand up front and then somebody pays them to do this stuff. So nix that. That's not, Jesus wasn't even talking about that. And it's this fivefold gifting that through the giving of this these characteristics of Jesus as the fivefold. Listen, who is the apostle of all apostles? Jesus. You see, an apostle is a sent one, one who brings the culture of where he's from into a new region. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God into the earth. Amen? Amen. And as he brought the kingdom of earth, he is the sent one. And that's Jesus, the apostle of apostles. Who is the greatest prophet there ever was? Jesus. He is the revelation of God's word. He is the truth, the way, the life. He's the greatest prophet there ever was. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoken time past to us through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us through Jesus, his son. He is the word. He's the prophet of all prophets. That's what his ministry was, to be the apostle of bringing the kingdom. He is the prophet who brought the word. His, who's the greatest evangelist there ever was? Jesus. Jesus would speak and gather the sheep. He was called to bring Israel in and to bring the message to all the nations. He's the evangelist, the one who proclaimed the good news. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Who's the greatest shepherd there ever was? Jesus. He is the true shepherd. My sheep know my voice and hear it. He gathers us under the sheepfold. He is the true shepherd. And last of all, who's the great teacher? Jesus. He's the teacher of all teachers. The greatest teacher. He was revealing heavenly truths to mankind and opening and awakening us to the teaching ministry of the Spirit of God. He leads us into all truth. He is the teacher. And so these attributes of Jesus are, are what he imparted into the body of Christ. This is how he can be over all, through all, and in all, by giving us his spirit. That the spirit of God, he washed us by his blood to clean us so his spirit of holiness could come in us and we could now have the same five traits of his ministry in the earth now. There's the solution. This is what planet Earth needs. They need this. They need Jesus. And we are representing Christ Jesus. Now, why, let me help you understand the rest of this verse. Why did he give us the fivefold impartation of Jesus' ministry? Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. To equip us. All right? So this fivefold uh, attributes of Jesus' own life and ministry is supposed to be put within the body of Christ. This fivefold equips us to do the work of ministry. What's the work of ministry? Saving this world. Bringing them to Christ. Now, if, we're gonna, if it's left up to our devices and our programs and our abilities, how, how good are we going to do? See, and here's the problem. God had a plan... God downloaded in a zip file called the Holy Spirit the five attributes of his power and his office and his being. And he said, go church, go. And we said, well, um, 
I like this one and that one. The apostle, the prophet. Eh, we're done with that. We're going to put that in the shelf. We're done with that for now. We used it for a couple centuries and we're done. So we're going to use pastors and teachers to do all of the work. Right? That's like saying, go dig a hole. Here's a, here's a, a, a screwdriver. It's, come on. And so this fivefold is what is supposed to be equipping us to do what Jesus did. And we're not using what he gave us. So these five things equip us to do the work that Jesus did. It's really not that hard. Whatever Jesus did for three years, he wants us to do for 2,000. Till he returns. He'd come a lot quicker if we would use what he gave us. And so it's supposed to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, who's the saints? Are you a saint? Yeah, we are saints. (laughs) Here's the reason we are all saints. Everyone is a saint. It's not because you've been elected to become a saint by a particular board that approves how many miracles you did. It's based on this. You were once in Adam. But now that you came to the cross and died in Christ, you were taken out of Adam and you were put in Christ. You have now been sanctified, set apart, and made righteous in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you have no longer identified as a sinner. You are now identified as a saint, a sanctified one. Amen. You are the saints. And so this fivefold is supposed to equip the saints For the ministry that Jesus performed. Because we're his body. This body, this body is supposed to act like Jesus acted. That's what the fivefold is. Now he goes on and he says this. For building up the body of Christ. Secondly, oh, that is secondly. For building up the body of Christ. Building us up. Line upon line. Adding to us. Increasing size, power, and purpose. Building unity for the church. What have we done with this building up? We've split up. We've splintered up. We say, you do this, we do that. We like this, we do that. And instead of building the church into the ministry of Christ, we've split it up into the denominational purposes of our choice. And that's the opposite of what he had planned. And this is a problem. For the building up of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So the point is, we're supposed to grow and come together, fit together, and grow up into the full fullness and the full stature. Uh, he says, the full knowledge and unity of faith to manhood. Mature us up into the full stature of Jesus. That's what the fivefold is supposed to be doing in the church. Equipping us to walk and talk and act like Jesus. Building the body of Christ to where it grows into a full, mature presence of Christ in the earth. So that he could be over all, through all, and in all. Now how, how is that supposed to happen? How are we going to get to mature manhood? The entire analogy of chapters uh, 4 verses 11 through 16 is an analogy of a boy growing into a man. A body growing to its fullness. 
being equipped, all right, joining every ligament and arm together into the full mature manhood of Christ's own stature. The church in these days, 2,000 years after he gave the fivefold ministry, we should be representing the very character and quality of Jesus as a people. I think the best we've got is maybe like a 12-year-old uh, emaciated, gangly boy <laughs> tripping over his own feet. That's on us because we haven't been following what Christ told us to do. He says this, that we would grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure of the stature. Your stature is who you are, your build. We're supposed to grow to the measure of the stature of Christ. But wait, he qualifies it. Not only are we supposed to represent a full-grown Jesus. Right, how many of you know baby Jesus came in the manger? We're going to celebrate baby Jesus. Church wasn't supposed to stay baby Jesus. Right? We're not supposed to be infant Jesus in this earth. What are we supposed to be? Mature, full stature Jesus. To the fullness. But what he says is, now qualify it, the measure of the stature of the what? Fullness of Christ. Come on now. What is the fullness of Jesus? Right? Is the fullness of Jesus when he walked on the earth for three years, was that his fullness? No, 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 no. He didn't die and ascend into heaven. That's, that's more fullness. Right? Was the fullness of Christ when he died on the cross, stretched out his hands? That wasn't his fullness. That was part of his plan, but that wasn't the fullness. Was the fullness was when he was in the tomb, descended into hell, broke the power of death? Was that his fullness? No, that's not his fullness. His fullness is yet to ascend into heaven and sit at the right hand of God. Is that his fullness? That's not his fullness yet. Because right now he ever lives to make intercession, praying for us day and night as our high priest. But is that it? Is that the full capacity? No, 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 no. He's yet to come again and rule and reign in glory. We don't know the fullness of Christ, but we're supposed to attain it. We're supposed to walk in that stature of his fullness that he is trying to pour through us. And this is the problem that he said with his disciples. He said, you have hardened hearts. Every time he tried to reveal his fullness to them, they would go, nah, I don't think so. They'd be in a boat, there's a storm, right? And they're scared because there's a storm. And he said, look, it, didn't, I just, didn't you just feed 5,000? Why you got such hard hearts? You see, they, they saw Jesus feed 5,000, but they had no idea he could calm the wind and the waves. That was a fuller revelation of who he was, and they couldn't handle it. He goes and casts out a demon in the, the man in the gardens of the cemetery, and then feeds 4,000, and then they're in a boat alone, and they're all scared to death, and he's walking on the water. He comes up to the boat and says, I guess I'll get in. What's wrong, guys? And they go, oh, no, no. And he goes, why do you have such hard hearts? Don't you get the bread? Don't you understand? He revealed another level of his glory. And they couldn't understand the fullness of Christ. Peter says, thou art the Messiah, the son of the living God. I get it. I know who you are. And he says, you do not know who I am, Peter. Because next I have to give my life for the salvation of all mankind and die on a cross. Oh, no, you don't. You don't see my fullness. You see, the church, we're supposed to operate in the stature of his fullness. But we keep him as baby Jesus. We keep him on the cross. We keep him weak. We keep him small. We, we have hard hearts 
for the full stature of who he is. But there's coming a time when the bride of Christ, when the body of Jesus is going to display the full authority of Christ our Lord. Amen? It's going to happen through us. And so we have to attain that full stature of who he is so that he is over all, through all, and in all. That's the same with you and I. That's for the body of Christ. But how about you individually? Is Jesus over all things of your life? Is the fullness of his stature over all that you do? Is it, in, is it through all your decisions? Do you spend your money based on the fullness of Christ? Do you make relationships with people? Do you watch TV? Do you listen to stuff based on Jesus being in all, through all, and over all that you do? See, we're denying that fullness of Christ. And that's what he wants to be in us. And we go on and he says why. He's explaining why. Because if we would have that five-fold measure of who he is, we would no longer be tossed like children to and fro on the waves And carried about by every wind of doctrine. If we're not walking in the fivefold, we're going to be like a little baby in a storm on the sea. The church is being tossed and kicked around and battered around continually by false doctrine. Do you know what Paul calls false doctrine? The doctrines of demons. All sorts of foolish doctrines out there saying this and saying that. And we fall for it. 2,000 years, you think we could get along with understanding what this Bible says. We're still bantering around with it. And so we can't be a people who are tossed around by winds of doctrine and false ideas and lies and so forth. With the fivefold, the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the shepherding and the teacher keeps the body of Christ solid. You know how we should be behaving on the winds and the waves of false doctrine? We walk on it like Jesus does. We'll take it down. It's under our feet. We're not tossed around by lies. We're not tossed around by deceit. We know what the truth is, and we speak to the wind and the waves, and we say, shut up. Amen? Amen? That's what the fivefold principle of Jesus is in the body of Christ, so that we're no longer children. He goes on and he says this, nor are we deceived by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. We've dealt with the demonic, now what about the human side of things? People who are constantly ripping off the church, people who are cunning and cheating, people who are false, have deceitful schemes. And the church needs to grow up and be smart, especially the church in the West. We're mimicking the world. Why are, we, why are we looking like the world? Why are we following the schemes of, how do we get people into our church? Hmm, let's see. Let's act like the world. Let's have entertainment. Let's behave like them. Let's feed them. Let's give them whatever they want so they come and sit in our chairs. We'll water the word down. We'll shorten things up. Let's get rid of the gifts. They're too scary for people. Let's make it really easy. And what you win them with, you, what you win them to is what you win them with. I mean, I mean basically, they're, they're coming into not what is the presence of God or the church. They're, they're brought into a just different social club. And so the presence of God is a fivefold presence of who Jesus is. We want people to walk into the room. I love that song we just sang. When you walk into the room, 
Everything changes. Game on now, man. Everything changes. And I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, when the stranger comes in the room and the gifts are in operation, prophetic tongues, interpretation, all that, they will fall to their knees and say, surely God was in this house. Amen? That's the stature of Christ. He wants to be over all, through all, and in all, especially when we gather. Does that make sense to you? And so what he goes on to say is that rather what I want you to do is speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him. What's every way? The five ways. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Grow up in every way in him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Does this sound the same verses? Equipped, joined together, grow up. From which the whole body joined together, that's what the fivefold does, join us together, held together by every joint which is equipped, there's the fivefold, equipping us into the fullness of Jesus. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's where we should be. After 2,000 years, we should be in this column over here, displaying the full stature of Jesus's ministry. Jesus said, you shall do greater things than I have done. And you're supposed to do greater things through this fivefold ministry. And so that's what we need to do, to be equipped, to build together, and to mature so that Jesus is over all, through all, and in all. Amen? And the way he does this is through the DNA of Jesus. Let me help you understand the fivefold. We're going to spend a couple weeks doing this so that you'll understand that stature of Christ. These five elements, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, are the very five elements of the DNA of Jesus himself. We're his body, his spirit put his DNA in us, and it is now to perform and function in us to his full stature and to grow us up. Now, interestingly enough, DNA, this will be interesting to about three of you, DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid. How many of you remembered that from, from elementary school, right? Okay, deoxyribonucleic acid. And so DNA is, guess what, made up of how many parts? Five. Five. Deoxyribo and then the four nucleic acids, okay? And so... Deoxyribonucleic acid has five parts, and that's exactly what are the five parts of Jesus. Now, when you look at it in the, in the biology and chemistry, one of the, the key components, first component, is carbon. And carbon is that base. Carbon, we're carbon creatures and made, and that carbon is, in fact, the stem of the helix, that circular, that basic spine by which the ribonucleic acids attach in different positions to it and that's very much like the apostle the apostle is the foundation of the dna the apostle is the one who sets foundations goes forth and brings the culture of heaven into the earth and knows how to work with the other positions the second component of dna is oxygen and it reminds me of that oxygen is the breath that life the prophet who speaks life and speaks truth 
into all things. Then we have hydrogen, which through the hydrogen of the DNA, it brings together the ribonucleic acids. And the hydrogen draws and builds. That's what an evangelist does. He draws, he pulls in, he builds together. Last of all, the well, sorry, second from the end is nitrogen. And the nitrogen is that which feeds and is nutritional to the DNA strand. And nitrogen is what the shepherd does. He feeds the body. He cares and nurtures. Last of all is the phosphorus of the DNA. Phosphorus is light. And the teacher brings light and revelation. You see, the fivefold of the DNA of Jesus himself matches the fivefold DNA of our own body system. And it is the body of Christ. And it brings us together in Christ. And so you have the DNA of Jesus. I have the DNA of Jesus. And it is in a fivefold measure that we have it. And so that's what this is. If you're going to grow up to look like your mommy or your daddy, you have their DNA, right? I have four children. They have the characteristics of my wife and I. A couple of my kids look more like me, and a couple of my kids look more like my wife. Some of them act a little more like me. Some of them act a little more like her. Some of them are a mix and a combination. You're the same way. You look like Jesus in certain dimensions. You act like Jesus in certain ways. And this is what we're going to discover, that five-fold way that the DNA of Jesus comes out in you. But you know what we've done with it? We've made it to be where it's only some. We read this passage and we say, oh, well, he gave some to be prophets, some to be apostles, some to be evangelists, some to be shepherds, some to be teachers. So we look at it like this and we say, oh, well, we've only made some to be apostles, some prophets. So there's only a few prophets to the body of Christ. And so we watch them on TV because they're real prophets. There's only a few apostles. You can only find them in certain locations. Apostle Joe is over down on the 7 mile or whatever. Or or Apostle Cleveland is over on 16 mile. Or Apostle Bobby's on TV. I like Apostle Bobby. He's the best one, man. He's my man. And then we go, well, the evangelists. Some are called to be evangelists. There's, There's an evangelist. Yeah, and they've got the best radio show. I like that evangelist. I listen to that evangelist all the time. You see what we've done? We've made this fivefold DNA of Jesus for the whole body of Christ for a few particular people who have the clout and the power and the authority to walk in that office. We've made it so that you put a little sign on their office door or on their business card, I'm Apostle Joe. Oh, okay. We're not operating in the ministry of the body of Christ. We've, we've done it again. Jesus gave us gifts to man and we specialize them. Now we have professional paid apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. He never planned it that way, but that's what we did with it. But that's what it says, Pastor. Some are called to be apostles. Some are prophets. Some are... No, we've got it wrong. This is what he meant. Some are to be apostles, some are to be prophets, some are to be evangelists, some are to be shepherds, and some are to be teachers. That's all of us. All of us. Everybody is engaged. All five of the DNA of Jesus is in every believer. It's in all of us. But those traits will come out as you're a child of God uniquely. You'll have a gift mix. Some of you are, are moving and apostolic, but you're also teaching too. Those rise up in the character and quality of Jesus. And we're going to spend time to look at those. 
But the fivefold is in the entire body. Look at if we made it. Look at, look at this. If we made it just to be this, where there's just a few, one apostle here, one prophet there, what does it make the rest of the body? Nothings. And most of us are happy with that. I'm the gray guy. I just come to church and I live my life. I got saved, thank God. And I'll send my check and my money into Apostle Bob for the good work that he does. Look what we've done to this thing. No, no. In this room alone, the fivefold is multiplied over and over. You take a cross section of this room and send us out, and if we would start pulling together the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, we could have solid churches around this city doing great and powerful things because it's all right here. We don't have to wait for a professional to show up. Amen? Half of you are saying, what are you paying him for then? We'll discuss that at another time. <laughs> so this is how I want you to remember the fivefold, and I close with this. It's the hand of Jesus. It's the ministry of Christ. It's to equip all of us for the work of service. What is that work? To be Jesus in the earth. You are as he is in the earth, First John says. We're the body of Jesus. And so, we are apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Once we begin to understand that in us and respond to the DNA of that in us, we will grow in maturity to the stature Christ wants His church to be. So the apostle, let's take a look at the apostle. We'll get into this further, but the apostle is the thumb. All right? So look at your thumb. That's the apostle. And the reason it's the apostle is because the thumb is the foundational digit, if you will, in your five fingers. It can touch all other giftings. It works together with all of them to pick up things, to grasp things, to hold things, to function and do the foundational work, just like that DNA, the spine that holds the uh, ribonucleic acids, it holds it together. The thumb is the apostolic, and it is absolutely necessary. It didn't stop with the 12 apostles. Jesus elected the 12 apostles before he died. After he died, Ephesians 4 says, when he ascended, he gave apostles. That's after the 12. So this is a different function and role. This is the role of his ministry in the body of Christ. Then we go on to the next one. The next one is the prophet. Why this finger? Because it's the pointing finger. It's the prophet who says, this is the way to go. This is what the word of God says. This is how we should be doing things. And the prophet points. That's why it's your pointing finger. Everybody point. There we go. We got prophets in the house. <laughs> Let me say this. Just because you have the gift of prophecy does not make you a prophet. Okay? But you may grow into that gifting of prophet in your DNA. The third one is evangelist. Now the evangelist, it's the farthest finger reaching beyond all other fingers. And that's because the evangelist reaches out. It's always going further to collect others into the kingdom. The fourth one is the shepherd. Why that finger? It's the ring finger and it is this finger that has a direct route to your heart. 
And that's what the pastor does. The pastor's nurturing, the pastor is caring, and a caregiver to the body of Christ. And last of all, we have the teacher. It's the small one. It's the one that can fit in your ear so that you can hear. Get that wax out and hear the the Word of God. Amen? That's the fivefold. That's what we do with that fivefold ministry. Now, we're going to learn how these function. And we're going to learn that this is how we're to operate in fivefold capacity of that fullness of Jesus. So that when we begin to move as a church in that manifestation of the fivefold collectively, we're going to start learning who the apostles are, who the prophets are, who the evangelists are. And we're going to start operating in that fivefold. And in doing this, we're going to find the presence of Jesus overall, through all, and in all. Bow your heads with me this morning.